This is the Multi Geek Show, episode six. And uh, I guess we wanted to just start out by saying, um, Tim. And I'm Jason. Yes, and um, this is how you can reach us on the Multi Geek Show. You can contact us by giving us a phone call, and this is a comment line. We won't actually pick up, but you can call us at 206 309 0499. As always, you can email us at the Multi Geek Show at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Multi Geek Show. Perfection. And uh, also, you can also visit the uh, website proper, and that has the blog, and that is multigeekshow.com, and that has some uh, some of the things that we don't necessarily talk about on the show, but there are a lot of fun posts on there as well. I guess we will start off the show uh, by talking about a, uh, a listener who actually uh, wrote in, and uh, he had an idea for our movie rating system, our on the multicast episode five, we reviewed Jennifer's body. And you remember at the end how uh, you asked me if I wanted to make a movie rating system? Yeah. Well, I also mentioned in there that Taco Bell is my death row meal. I love Taco Bell so much. <laughs> so David from DeBerry, Florida, actually suggested that we do, at, like that I personally use a Taco Bell rating system for everything that we review. Mm-hmm. Now, We'll probably have a rating system that we devise that will be like it, it will be similar to a one through five star kind of system. But in the meantime, we're going to assign, and I thought this was a brilliant idea. We'll assign different Taco Bell menu items to different things based on the properties and attributes the thing that we're reviewing has. Mm. For instance, a seven layer burrito from Taco Bell. It has no meat, so. We would use that to describe a movie or a video game or anything else we would review that really didn't have any meat but was kind of filling and wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Then there were things like the cinnamon twists. They are tasty, delicious, but they're really sugary and full of fluff. Mm-hmm. So it's, those would be like blockbusters like G.I. Joe right, or those kinds of things. And then kind of go down the menu. And, and so... Um, I thought that was a really good idea. Um, by the way, the seven-layer burrito idea was David's wife's idea, Tana. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, I think that we'll do that. We're actually going to a uh, screener uh, to a movie I don't even remember the name of. Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. And that is later tonight. So, that'll be our first opportunity to use the rating system. Yeah. So, I thought that was great. And, um, as always, um, tell your friends about us and rate us on iTunes. That is a great way to spread the word about the Multi Geek Show. Yes. I wanted to give a very special thanks to Tenacious Toys, and uh, you can visit them at tenaciousToys.com. They uh, sell uh, vinyl toys. Excellent. Yeah, so check them out. Uh, Good people and good product, good website. Yes. Some pretty cool movie news uh, in the horror genre, right in time for almost Halloween. Um, we just saw here that Sam Raimi looks like he's going to make a Yeti movie. Yeah. Which sounds pretty cool. To How me. many of those have you seen? Oh, like real actual ones? Mm-hmm. None. Does, does that include Steven Summers? <laughs> How many fake ones have you seen? Uh, oh, I see what you did there. Hey. Uh, no, I'm thinking the only time I've ever seen a Yeti is in the trailer to the third Mummy movie. Is there any other uh. movies that have a, a Yeti in them? I, I don't know. The creature design looked pretty cool in that. And then also, would you count um, the creature on Hoth? That's a wampa. A wampa. Would you count that as a yeti? No. That's just well. Why not? Because it's not. Because it's the not. Same. <laughs> I'm just thinking like you've got the different indigenous regions. It, who it call would be yetis their version things. of the yeti. That's what I'm it's thinking. Because you've got Sasquatch, yeah. Skunk Ape, right? Um, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. So is that just a Yeti and they just call it a Wampa? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> it's a Space Yeti. <laughs> it's a Space Yeti. Well, it's not a Space Yeti to them because it's terrestrial to them. No, it's to a them, Space Yeti to everyone. Oh, because I was going to say. I like that idea. <laughs> to them, our Yeti is the Space Yeti because we're in yeah. a galaxy far, far away. I want to see Godzilla battles the Space Yeti. Yeah, Godzilla. But you know what I, I read? This is really funny. I read. <laughs> it's a... Uh, the old Japanese proverb, 
Only the rarest of flowers grow in the poop of Godzilla. <laughs> oh. It's basically saying that That's through... Special. Well, but through disaster, uh-huh. some things uh, can happen that can be beautiful and, and everything. It's actually from the comedy website cracked.com. Uh, and it was um, it was an article about five things that happened due to disaster that were helpful to us. Mm-hmm. And they're really funny. Um, there's a lot of language in the site, I'll warn you, but um, sometimes I'll, I'll view it because I have them in my RSS reader, and that was one of them. And they didn't use the word poop either. Oh. But it's funny because it shows this little picture, and it says, an old Japanese proverb says, uh-huh. the rarest and most beautiful of flowers grow in the poop of Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway... The reason why I'm excited about Sam Raimi making a Yeti movie is pretty much because the the idea that we can see an interesting character design, that we can see something, um, you know, that is going to be haunting our dreams other than a vampire these days. Yeah. Vampires, to me, are, are getting pretty tired and played out. So are zombies. Mm. Yeah. Everything has become a zombie. Everything has become a vampire. That's obviously... Uh, hyperbole I use there, but it just seems like every time you turn around, even like new video games, they're like, this time it's going to be zombies. And you're just like, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, have you ever been on um, Expedition Everest at Disney's Animal Kingdom? I have, with you. Yes. That was the first time I went. And um, that's funny because I knew that, and I don't know why I asked you because I knew you were with me. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, the the point I'm making is is that if you walk through that ride, it's a set piece. The whole thing is a set piece. And as you walk through it... You got to walk through it? Oh, yeah. Oh, the, 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 the queue. queue. I'm sorry. Yeah, which I still consider part of the ride. Well, because it's an it's experience. part of the experience. Yes, but it's part of the ride, I mm. think. Come on, it's all part of the ride. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. The lobby is part of the movie theater. Right? But it's not part of the movie... I know, but that is... The movie would be the ride. I don't know. The theater would be... I guess, but to me, me, the queue is a set. It sets you up. It is part of the attraction. There you go. Okay. That That is probably correct. Okay. The entire thing is an attraction. Mm -hmm. And so the attraction consists of the ride and the queue line, which is also the set. Right. Okay. Good. All right, cool. Well, there you go. Hey. Um, but the queue line for that has myriad different uh, things you can look at and experience to kind of get you into the mindset and the um, feeling that you're going to go on this expedition. And so if this movie can evoke any of those mythologies, some of the just the atmospheric work that the ride does... I'll be really excited to see something set in a place that we haven't seen before, like Asia, where the Yeti is. You know, you don't see many horror movies set there these days. Mm -hmm. You know, it's usually your suburban town with a slasher or the woods Mm -hmm. or a cabin in the woods or, you know, so I think it'll be cool. Not only am I excited that it's, it's an original project and idea and everything, but also that it's being done by Sam Raimi. Yeah. That's very exciting. It is very exciting. But I wonder how this is going to work out with, uh, he's doing the World of Warcraft movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I know that those movie schedules are, um, you know, they, they plan them very, very far ahead. And you can be doing one set of work on one film while doing another set on another film, as long as it's in a certain area of the preparations and shooting. Like... Before you start shooting a movie, if you're doing prep work back and forth, Mm -hmm. it's easier to do prep work for two different movies because you'll have casting directors and you'll have location scouts giving you different things for each one. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can compartmentalize in your own mind um, the, like, okay, this is the set for this movie and kind of get in that mode and then maybe the next day, you know, look at the other, you know, uh, set of information and say, okay, this is for this movie. He can be doing both. Because there's a lot of work to be done before you even start shooting. Right. Hopefully, he can have, you know, like kind of like when we do this podcast. There, there'll be times where just throughout my week, I'll go, oh, that'd be great for the show. Yeah. And just tuck that away, take the time to jot it down or email myself about it, et cetera. And then 
in that same way, if he gets an idea for one or the other, as long as he can keep them separated. And I think once you start shooting a film, though, it's like it's over. That's mm-hmm. your life right. and editing and all that stuff, because that's when it starts getting closer to deadlines and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think in pre-production, you still have to stay on a tight schedule, but you're able to kind of bounce back and forth from one to the other. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That also seems like it would be. I don't want to say lower budget as a with a negative connotation, but it seems like it would be just a kind of a lower budget horror movie versus the epic mega tentpole blockbuster that they're probably going to try to make the Warcraft movie. Yeah. So, um, I, I I just assumed that Sam Raimi was directing it, but it says he's producing it. Oh. Oh, that's not that's not bad, but that's not as exciting. Yeah. Um, but then again, I say that almost in ignorance because I don't know what director will direct it, and it could be a very competent one that, you know, would do an excellent job with the movie. So, yeah. I retract that. I'm just as excited um, until I see more. Yes. So that's pretty neat. What was the other movie news? It was in horror. Something kind of exciting. Ron Howard is going to uh, adapt a novel or graphic novel about H.P. Lovecraft. Really? Yes. And so that will be taking place in Mayberry. (laughs) No, come on. That's the obvious joke. I hope so. It's the obvious joke. But can you imagine if you took Mayberry, right, and you made that a Lovecraftian town, and you took all the main characters (laughs) and made them like creepy, Lovecraft, stoic-like... You go back to that old setting, and you make it so that, like, there's a Shuggoth that lives there or something crazy. There is nothing about that that I don't like. Isn't that crazy? He, that needs, to, he needs to hook that up old school. Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. And then the last person who survives... To, to the, me, at least. I don't know who no, else would find it. No, I think it's awesome. fantastic, but then the last person who survives the ordeal gets out of there in an old car yeah. and drives into a, another Lovecraftian town that is set... All happy days. <laughs> now that, I don't know about that. Hey, you have to hit the jukebox <laughs> to keep Cthulhu asleep. <laughs> There's a Fonzie, and he's like, "Hey, he doesn't. He's not all into it." Oh no, no man. Okay, very somber. Yeah, yeah. Like Face the thing that should not be. I, I think I would like those two better if they were separate. Okay. All right, you know what that was? That was a perfect example of making a sequel that should never be made. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. So anyway, what are the details on this? Um, Ron Howard is not actually using Lovecraft source material. He's doing what? He's adapting the graphic novel, The Strange Adventures of H.P. Lovecraft. And what is this graphic novel about? H.P. Lovecraft and his strange adventures? (laughs) I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I haven't read it. Um, it's probably just Lovecraft going through his own stories. So, you know, that would be cool. That's what I'm assuming. Is that, uh, do you know what comic comics He encounters like Cthulhu and all the other. What? I think it's Image Comics, right? Um, yes. Now, you know what would be great? I haven't read the graphic novel at yeah. all. But you know what would be really cool is that if he was writing this stuff down as it was happening to him and those are his stories. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm no genius. They already thought of it. They already thought of it, pitched it to Image, <laughs> and it's a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, is it a graphic novel or is it a comic series? Because um, there is a difference. The main difference being that, a, a tr- like, okay, what you might be thinking of is a trade paperback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A trade paperback is um, issues that have been combined into the format that is like a graphic novel. So they're bound together like six, six issues together into a trade paperback usually versus a graphic novel, which is that length of 80 or so page, however many pages, but it's a standalone story. It's not issues, right? It's a mm-hmm. novel. It just has graphics. Well, it says, um, the image comic series. So it's probably just now with image, comic. they do uh, prestige format books. They do different kinds of comic books. Cause most people think of a standard comic book as, okay, I'm going to hold this in my hand. It's about 24, 28 pages, and you flip through it. It's got a cover, but um, Image sometimes puts out different size books and formats. Mm. So who knows? This could be a, a series of what are called one-shots, which are like you know one-and-they're-done stories or 
But it does say series, so I guess, in other words, they could be in any format. Yeah. So it'd be cool. I I, I think I might want to check that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, so you've got you've got Sam Raimi doing a Yeti movie and Ron Howard doing an H.P. Lovecraft movie. Um, I guess we'll have to see how those develop, but yeah. I think both are pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, just off the cuff, because I'm kind of checking off some of the topics we wanted to talk about. Um, if I have a to-do list and I think of something that I've already done, I will write that on the to-do list just to check it off. Okay. Have you ever done that before? I don't make to-do lists, so... Oh, well, because... I don't know. I just thought that that was funny because I would rather have it on there, know that it's done, and that it's checked off because in my mind it's finished. Right. I would rather have that than to leave it off in not written down land. That makes sense to me. So, it makes it seem like I'm getting somewhere. Yeah. Even before I started the list. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> um, no problem. Have you ever had Jones's soda? I have. Yeah? What yeah. flavors do you like? Uh, I think... Is that the one that's at Cracker Barrel? I have no idea. I think I had them at Cracker Barrel, and I had a... Uh, it, was, it was some kind of grape. Uh-huh. But it tasted like grapes. Like, it wasn't just uh, grape-flavored, like, you know, carbonated beverage. Yeah. That thing tasted like a bunch of grapes. It was really cool. That's good. I think I also um, had an orange soda there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, every Halloween they come out with special flavors. Um, the one I like is pomegranate soda. Ah, pomegranate's the, very good. the vampire theme, like blood, you know? Oh, I see. Yeah. So, uh, that's really good. I like that. Um, and they have, like, candy corn flavor, which kind of tastes like syrup. I was just going to say that candy corn is a harsh candy. It's not bad, but it's like I have to nibble candy corn. I'm not going to be chucking it in my mouth. But anyway, um, they have Dungeons and Dragons themed sodas now. No way. I saw something about this. Yes way. No, 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 no. I saw something about this. Yeah. Didn't they have a... um, And they have different flavors of it. Right. Um, And you can buy a case of it and it's kind of... It's kind of a premium price, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd say so. It's like eight ninety nine. No, no, no. no it's ten ninety nine for a six pack. That's what it was, and then it's like what is it? Eighteen ninety nine for a twelve pack. Yeah. Now, why would one pay that much for soda? Well, I wouldn't drink it. I'd keep it like as souvenirs. Would you drink it? Um, maybe, yeah, maybe probably. drink it and then keep the bottle. But see, it wouldn't look as cool to display. Well, yeah. You know? It's just because I used to save soda bottles and stuff like that, but I just get tired of saving that stuff. It just well, that's a around. very unique one, though. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? That's not like I, I think just if some I was going to save theme. them, I would buy two. So I would drink one and I would save the other one. Yeah, that's steep, That's a man. lot of money, but 20 bucks. if I was going to save them, that's what I would do. Wasn't the... Um, what are the flavors? There was like one called Sneak Attack. I know that's like for the Rogue. Uh, Dwarven Drought or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, that was potion kind of, of healing. <laughs> Big B's crushing thirst destroyer. Ah, Big B's crushing thirst destroyer. I like that. Oh, sneak attack. Yeah, that's the rogue one. Yeah, that I was thinking of. Um, and then there was also uh, well, it, I'm they didn't do like one for each character class, but it looks like they tried to just do some different staples of the game. Oh, my! I think that's my favorite one. The yeah. illithid brain juice. Yeah. Illithids, also known as Mind Flayers, which, um, funny, because we were talking about Lovecraft, and those two are very closely related Mm -hmm. in that Illithids are inspired in design by H.P. Lovecraft's Lovecraft's Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, in our um, multicast we just did, you're going to hear about homage, cliche, and things like that. That is an homage. Ah. Ah, that's a good example of one, actually. So, anyway, you can check that out um, on the Jones Soda website. But that is pretty cool. Dungeons & Dragons themed soda. But, yeah, man, it's just so much. That's definitely, like I said, yeah. it's a good product, but it's premium priced. I wonder if it would be cheaper if you could find it in stores. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they distribute it in, in stores, yeah, if there are distribution either. channels. It says limited editions. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I bet probably not. But the other thing is is that you can always get that one that tastes like like licorice butter. Like it could be the nastiest Ugh. soda. Yeah, I'm just saying, though. You don't know what you're drinking. Yeah. Like what does illithid brain juice taste like? <laughs> well, it's purple. It's like, well, it, it's like it tastes like motor oil from a dirty car filter smells. Like you don't know. Mm-hmm. It could smell like paint. It could smell like, I don't know, all kinds of things. Ugh. Anyway, it's probably delicious, but you know, like you're just kind of talking about the the Harry Potter, every the what is it, Birdie Bot's every flavor jelly bean. Mm-hmm. They had some nasty ones in those packets that they actually sold. Yeah, and so maybe did you that, try those? Yeah, they were not good. Some of them were good. Some of them tasted like well, I mean the, the like, strange ones like dirt flavor. It tasted. I like that one. What it, does it taste like? Though? It tastes like um, that dirt kind of taste if it's like fresh earth. If you've ever, I don't know if you've ever oh, fallen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I do a lot of, I do a lot of late nights spelunking and dirt eating. <laughs> I see. Um, but it doing, really, truly did taste like dirt. It, it, you'll you'll see what it means. It's reminiscent enough to where you're like, oh yeah, like it's the that smell of it. Kind of like it's it tastes like fresh potting soil smelled to me. Yeah, weird. So um, because taste and smell are very closely related, so if you can get yeah, that, yeah, you know, in sync. One of them was a vomit jelly bean. Yeah. Yeah, and that thing tasted like um, if you've ever had pasta with a red sauce, like either a, a meat sauce or uh, like especially like with Italian sausage and meatballs, it tasted like if you had an antacid burp after you've had that. Oh, God. That's what it tasted like, yeah. Why would someone want that? I don't know, but I, I ate one and I, was, I had to try it. Yeah. Because it's cool for a company to go... We're going to put it in there because that's how it really is in the book. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. You know, and it's not like the thing was full of them. Yeah. They probably have on their machine, you know, like there's only one or two per pack. I'm sure they probably put a limit on it so you don't get a big (laughs) box of vomit jelly beans. (laughs) You're just like, I'm never buying this again. (laughs) It tastes like what I had for dinner last night. (laughs) Yeah. So So, um, these sodas, uh, like these themed sodas remind me of... um, have you ever seen the, I think it's an energy drink, it's a can, and it looks like an energy tank for Mega Man? No. Yeah. What? And also they have like a, a, a glass bottle that looks like a potion from Final Fantasy. That one's not as exciting to me, but I'm sure well, it's, it's still neat. Yeah, but it's still neat. But you know, uh, is it the same thing though, where it's going to be, you know, ten ninety nine for several of these? Or like, I mean, uh, are they very costly? I don't know. I haven't seen any prices for that. Because that would be really neat, but that's one. The energy tank for Mega Man, I wouldn't open that. I'd keep that one. Well, if it was cheap enough, though, I'm sure you'd buy one to drink. Yeah, that's... Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Let's... You know what? Let's turn off the podcast and look that up. Okay, let's do it. Yeah! All right, so we just checked it out, and it looks like it was a Japanese exclusive. Yep. And it was a $1.25. Yes. <laughs> so I probably would have bought one. Also, I wasn't as excited when I saw it, because it was just oh. a regular can with... It was cool, but I thought it was going to be like a squat, yeah, thicker, rounder-looking E canister from the video game, whereas it was just the can with that etched, you know, printed on, printed it. on there. Yeah, yeah, like screened on there. It was just the E, which is kind of cool. But yeah, what did you see? There was one left on eBay for like twenty-five bucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "What did you say? You had to be a." I said you had to be a big Mega Man fan for yeah. that. And I said you had to be a dumb Mega Man fan. Yeah. 25 bucks, man. I don't know. I wonder if it was delicious, too. Like, I wonder... I'd be curious sure to see... it tasted like an energy drink. Well, so, I mean, I, I'd be curious to see who manufactures these. Because I'm sure they, you know, the people who are going to promote this go to, um, you know, like a, a, a distributor who is going to bottle it already. And then says, hey, we'd like to do a specialized can. And so I, I wonder which distributor they went with. That'd be interesting. Yes. To know. But uh I'm actually right now I'm on my iPhone because Flash Forward, the new show on ABC premieres uh tonight and I forgot to D V R it. And so um I'm doing that with this direct T V app I have. Okay. <laughs> I search for the word flash forward and Are you signed into an account? Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's all it's all already in there. So I type in the word flash forward and then um it will find all the listings. And then I can select 
the receiver I want to record it to. So that's what I'm doing right now. But anyway. How exciting. It is. It's exciting. Um, and there we go. Flash Forward has been scheduled to record. All right. Cool. Um, Very nice. Isn't that great? Yeah. Okay. Something that I uh, came across and I thought was interesting is a phrase or a term, and it's portmanteau. Have you ever heard of that? Nope. Okay. That's spelled P-O-R-T-M-A-N-T-E-A-U. And really, like, that's that's actually a name that uh, Lewis Carroll, the author of Through the Looking Glass, what we commonly know as today as Alice in Wonderland, he came up with that. Um, well, no, he coined the phrase. He didn't come up with it, but he coined it to mean what is generally called in standard linguistic terms as a blend. Um, as a, for instance, Lewis Carroll said he coined the word portmanteau to describe things like, uh, as Humpty Dumpty, his character in, in his book explains that slithy means lithe and slimy. Or one of the most recognizable ones is chortle, which means to chuckle and snort. Mm-hmm. And I've always heard these words before. You know, where you combine two things like, oh, why don't you guesstimate? Mm-hmm. But I, I, it was kind of cool to see that there was a, a, a phrase coined that names those things. Right. Especially since we're the multi-geek show. Yeah. Which is multiple and geekishmish. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. it's multiple geek. Uh-huh. So we, we are actually a portmanteau. Hey. So anyway, we're multiple plus geek, but... um. Or also one that you probably know is what does Disney call the people that design their rides? Uh, Imagineers. Right. And what do you think that is? Imagination and engineer. Exactly. That's a portmanteau. So there are some other ones that I thought that, you know, listeners might immediately recognize. Infomercial. That's information commercial. Or sitcom. Situation comedy. Um, How about this? This is one that never occurred to me as being a portmanteau. Have you ever heard the expression of fortnight? Yes. It means 14 nights. It's combined 14 and night. It's a fortnight. What is the purpose of that? It's two weeks. A fortnight is two weeks long. Oh, I see. So that's what the length of time is of a fortnight. And I thought, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Here's another one. I never knew this. Do you know, and you might know this, which there might be hundreds of thousands of people who have known this for a long time, and I just, the light bulb came on for me, but... (laughs) Do you know why Jim Henson's creations are called Muppets? Mm, no. They are a portmanteau of the word marionette and puppet. Ah. Aha, which makes sense because a puppet is usually manipulated by the hand, mm-hmm. whereas a marionette is usually manipulated by strings yeah. or attached um, like uh, things that are affixed like bars and things like that. He was. They had both. Yeah, yeah. A marionette and a puppet. It's a Muppet. That's awesome. I thought that was awesome. I didn't know that. And then here's another one. This is, again, I don't know if these are 100% true, but they're interesting and they seem to logistically make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, How about this? Internet. Did you know that that's a portmanteau? No. It's international network. Hmm. Right? Yeah. What else does it mean? I don't know. Maybe there's a... I should probably look that up. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, hey, just let me know. If you know what internet means or if you have a cool story about the word Muppet that I'm way off, like I said, you can call us at 206-309-0499 or email us at multigeekshow at gmail.com. And let me just say, if you have an iPhone, you can just record your message with the recorder on that and then email that to us. That's right. Because that is a better quality recording than if you're calling a phone line. Yes, and if you listen to our multicast this week... Um, you'll actually see that you can do that with iTalk Lite as well, the app that I suggested on there. Yes. Um, But yeah, the iPhone recorder um, will give us a clearer voicemail. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't want to stay on this subject for too long. I didn't want to harp on it, but I thought this would be fun. Here are some ones that I had never heard before and I think are pretty ridiculous. Okay. So I was going to say them, and I wanted you to guess what they are. What two words they are. Okay. Okay, so I'm totally putting you on the spot. You yeah. had zero preparation for this. Okay. Here is the word. 
Ruslish. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I didn't either. It's Russian and English. Okay. I think that's ridiculous. Okay. What that's about like Spanglish? Right, it, which makes sense that you could be able to do it. I guess yeah. Spanglish works better, um, uh, I guess, linguistically yeah. is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Spanglish sounds more than Ruslish. I don't yeah. know. It just seems like a tongue twister. Um, here's another Lewis Carroll one. At first, I was like, that's ridiculous. But then I realized <laughs> Lewis Carroll made it made it up, and he did it to be a little fanciful and ridiculous. Yeah. Um, because these words, I didn't realize why they would go together in any context. But uh-huh. galumph. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> that one's gallop and triumph. <laughs> and I was like, what? scenario <laughs> are you combining those two words gallop and triumph here's another one now th- this one i thought was absolutely ludicrous it doesn't give a reason for it no oh. no i just kind of found some on the internet that that were in a, uh-huh. i mean now granted it's the internet but it just yeah. seemed like these were ones that the author of the page really put together as ones that he'd either heard or experienced mm-hmm. um how about this one this is ridiculous to me Smudgeamate. It's exactly what you'd think, but it makes no sense. What would I think? You tell me. I don't know. Smudge and estimate? Oh, smudgeamate. What? No, it's, it doesn't say demate. It's smudgeamate. It says the oh, word smudgeamate. But I can understand if you fudge an estimation. That's colloquial. People say, oh, I fudged it a little bit. If you're playing a game and you fudge a dice roll, it means that you allow the players to get the number they need for the sake of the fun of the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. When was the last time you had to smudge an estimation? (laughs) That makes no sense to me. Smudge a mate. That sounds like a word Don King made up. (laughs) He's like, I have a champion. We're about to have a fight here. And don't let me tell you about a smudgeamation that is about to happen in the ring over here. It sounds like something that he would say. It's ridiculous. How about this one? A chork. Mm -hmm. It's used for eating. A chopping fork? It's used for eating oriental food. Oh, chopsticks and a fork? Yes, which I think, what, what? How can you mix the two together? If it has tines, it's a fork. If it doesn't, it's a chopstick. Yeah, maybe they're on the separate ends. Uh. Very wise and sage. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, those are just a few, but <laughs> here's another one that I liked. Oh, by the way, for mine, there was one similar to Chork. It was like, it was like it was a knife and a fork. I like personally Fife Nork. I think that that sounds better uh-huh. than like theirs, which was like Knork or something. I don't know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, the final one I'll talk about, which I thought was kind of curious, is uh, glamping which is glamorous camping. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Weird. So anyway, so that is portmanteau. It's combining two words together, which again, like I said, um, the well, and what I didn't say earlier is that uh, to finish off, just know that portmanteau is actually, um, it's com- like I said, it's combining two it's portions of two or more separate words, but portmanteau, interestingly enough, in itself is a blend word. In French... Um, it was pretty much portamentao. I, I don't have a French accent. But mm-hmm. it's it's compound form from porter, which means to carry, and mantao, which means cloak. Huh. So, yeah, anyway. So, interesting. So now, when someone does that and puts it together, you can say, that's a portmentao. Yeah. So do you want to talk about those sneaky little superheroes? I do, in fact, want to talk about those sneaky little superheroes. Yep. Let's uh, talk about them. All right. Which ones are you talking about? The sneaky ones. That's right. Now, are you talking about Marvel Superhero Squad? That is what I'm referring to. If you haven't seen this cartoon yet, you may have seen the toy. Um, they're an action figure line. You have probably seen these. They're made by Hasbro. It, they've been around since like 2006. It's like Play School's My First Superhero looking things where they have the big like Popeye disproportionate arms and legs they all have smiles even like the supervillains kind of smile um well <laughs> which is great i think it's an awesome way to i mean they made figures they all of have some, smiles they really do almost all 
But they made figures that I never would have thought they would have made into like little play school figures. They had like a they had a Juggernaut, they had Pyro, they had a Gambit, they had mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, like some really cool ones. Well, Marvel took this toy line, and they have made a slapstick, wacky cartoon show called the Superhero Squad cartoon or the Superhero Squad show. Yeah. Now all I've seen of it was what you saw, which we actually have it. it it's uh, up on the blog. And you could see footage from the 2009 San Diego Comic Con. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty wacky. It is pretty wacky. Like Iron Man, who obviously has a mask. Yeah, his mouth moves. Yeah, with teeth and everything. Um, so they have anthropomorphized his metal mask. But uh, it's wacky. I mean, I won't. <laughs> I won't spoil the clip. Because I want it to be a surprise for anyone. You can check it out. It's multigeekshow.com. Um, check it out under TV if you click on our top, uh, you know, the header bar. Click on TV or uh, comics. But I'll just give you an idea. The the universe in which they live, the superhero lives in Superhero City, and the villains live in Villainville. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> yes. Okay, and you know, what, I was wondering as I was watching this, where are all the people? Just the average citizens, but it's just populated yeah. with superheroes. No, no, no. They cut. I think they cut the citizens out. This is just heroes versus villains. Yeah. Which, see, okay. Let me tell you why I love this idea. Okay, because I have never seen the characters I have seen together in one cartoon. Huh. They have unlimited licensing because Marvel does all their own now. Yeah, so they can use. Any of their crazy second, third, fourth tier characters, draw them, have them fighting together. Already in the in the clip that they showed, there are a bunch of characters that you never would have seen if this was licensed out. Mm-hmm. So you you don't see them fighting these ridiculous made up villains that are just like throwaway or these heroes that they have to come up with that you're like, what? Why are they on the team? Yeah, they have these real name heroes because they have this huge well to dig in or to draw from rather of of all these different heroes and villains. Do you think um, Batman the Brave and the Bold started this? Um, I, I don't know if it started it, but... By that I mean just moving away from this, you know, crazy, serious I think style. That, I think that it definitely showed that there was an audience yeah. for it, and I think that there's a place for both. If you've seen yeah. any of the Batman the Animated Series from, you know, the 90s and mm-hmm. any of the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited cartoons... Um, I think that those are mature enough in tone to hold captive a mature audience mm-hmm. mentally. But these, man, I guess to answer your question, I think that the Batman, Batman the Brave and the Bold showed you can still have a lot of fun yeah, and do it with kind of a lighter animation style. Mm-hmm. This, man, I don't know who thought of this. <laughs> like, and, and the meetings to get this passed through, maybe they're just trying, which... My brother Matt made a really good point. He said, you know what? Although it's a little wacky and it's not necessarily my thing, I'm quoting my brother Matt here. He said, this is going to be one of those things that helps kids get raised right. (laughs) Meaning, this is going to introduce a whole new younger generation to Marvel Comics. Yeah. And frankly, I don't know. I'm really excited to see it because I think it's going to be wacky. And I laughed out loud a few times because it is slapstick. Yeah. Like, wacky, parody, mm-hmm. running around. It reminds me of something that I would see on um, Nick Nickelodeon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not the animation style, yeah. but just that, you know, the, the tone of the it. The pacing, the tone, the, yeah, the, the, those quick cuts to just wacky action sequences and stuff like that. I didn't know really <laughs> how I felt about it when I was watching that clip. It was It was just so wacky and bizarre to me. I think I'll probably enjoy it if I watch it. Yeah, it's, it, it, if it has its own place. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it's, again, because Marvel can do this, it doesn't have to take the place of a serious superhero show. Yeah. It can just be another thing that we look back on, like the old Super Friends cartoon. Mm-hmm. Or any of those, where it's like, oh, you know, I'll yeah. remember that. You know, we'll look back at this in 10 years and be like, oh, man, do you remember when those that crazy <laughs> cartoon came out? Yeah. You know? Now, just kind of as an aside... 
one of the good things that can come out of limited licensing, because remember how I said that Marvel holds all the rights to this and they're making it so they can use anyone they want. Uh huh. Well, mm. are you familiar with the character in the DC universe uh, who is kind of the Joker's love interest, a Batman villainess named Harley Quinn? Yeah. She originated in Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was it. she was never in the comics, but um, you know whatever whatever and however necessity um, allowed for her to be created, and now she is in the comics and mm-hmm. part of the actual canon. Yeah. She's, you know she's inserted into the universe, so there can be good things if you're creative enough. You mm-hmm. can in fact do very creative things with a limited list of licenses but this is just going to be great and i won't say who's floating around in the video and who's running around in there but it's really cool yeah uh something else okay the final thing on this topic yeah um stan lee voices the mayor Mm -hmm. of superhero city and also tom kenny voices iron man captain america and modok if you're thinking well who's tom kenny Tom Kenny is the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants and many, many, many other cartoon voices that yeah. you probably don't know. Check him out on www.imdb.com or you can click the link that we have uh, on the blog post. But um, he is. So SpongeBob is the voice of Captain America and Iron Man. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. So what are you playing over there, Jason? <laughs> Fox Populi. Yeah, how you like that? It's a bloody good time. It is. It's pretty crazy. Now, okay. Um, my brother James showed me this website, which, again, you know, you, you listeners might know about this already, but if you don't, it's definitely worth checking out. It's called congregate.com, except it's spelled with a K. K-O-N-G-R-E-G-A-T-E. Congregate.com. And it's a bunch of really cool web games. Um... It's really neat the way you do it. It has achievements on there. You can start an account, and it's free. Um, But there's a a werewolf game on there called Vox Populi. It looks like a... Really like a Nintendo game with the smoothness of a Sega game. It is very neat. Give it a shot. Go through the first four or five screens. um, And you will definitely enjoy this. It is a... uh, What they call a werewolf thriller um and it is very neat it's a very simple control scheme and you will see you can hear it jason playing in the background now very simple control scheme um but there's there's a puzzle element check this out check out congregate and also check out vox populi and that's spelled v-o-x-p-o-p-u-l-i give that a shot and uh, let us know what you think of that it's it's fun for me and it reminds me of an old platformer game so Something else that I wanted to talk about was this iPhone app. Now, before you check out and say, okay, I can stop paying attention, I don't have an iPhone, check this out because it's very neat and it it, it, it kind of shows the direction that smartphones are going. Um, so I think that even if you don't have an iPhone and even if you won't be able to download the app, it still will be of interest to you if, uh, if you're into technology and gadgets and things like that. Um, Jason, we just watched this video on this app and the app is called Food Scanner. Um, what was the app that you showed me a long time ago that had to do with... It was used like a laser, or what was it? It was called Red Laser, and it allowed you to scan items, and, and um, it, would, it would search online and search, look for the, uh, the, the cheapest price on those items. So the iPhone's camera would take a photo of the barcode and then it would search online and find that item the cheapest yeah that's neat yeah okay that's really neat so these um the advances in being able to scan things like that have led to this app that i'm about to push the buy button now it's called food scanner Mm -hmm. um it's 299 but really what this does is it allows you to use your iphone's camera and you scan UPC barcodes on the food that you eat. A lot of people want to track their calories, track their carbs, track their fat, everything like that, but they don't want to have to enter it in or go through. Uh, There's a website. It's called MyDailyPlate or Mm TheDailyPlate.com. It has thousands of food entries you can choose from, and you can log what you ate and that kind of thing, but it's just another task 
to add to your day to have to sit down and go on this website and find all the stuff you ate. Mm-hmm, yeah. You take your camera on your iPhone, you take a picture of the barcode, and this is the quickest and easiest way to find foods and track how many calories or anything else you eat during the day. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to click buy it now here. Well, it's two ninety nine, So it's going to ask me for my, my little iPhone iTunes password. Okay. I now have food scanner. I'm going to click on it. And here we go. Jason has placed in front of me an aluminum bottle of Coke. That's right, an aluminum bottle. Um, so right here, I'm looking at the app. I'm looking at the aluminum bottle, and it says search or press the lightning bolt below to scan. So I'm going to press the lightning bolt. Now the lightning bolt brings me to the camera. The camera has opened up, and it says on the screen, the UPC has to have 8 to 12 digits, or the EAN has to have 13 digits. It is asking me to align the barcode, which I am doing. And first I had it upside down. Okay. Now it is scanning. Okay, that was very fast. It picked up the barcode number. And... Oh! Not in the system? Picked it up as a sports drink. Coca-Cola 12-ounce bottle. Which... Says I ate this sports drink Coca Cola one twelve ounce bottle. Let's Why does it say sports drink? This is an eight ounce bottle. We did purposely pick an obscure thing to do. Yeah. Um. It came up with uh, it says sports drink Coca Cola one bottle twelve ounces and then it also has a listing of the nutritional information. So again, that was an obscure one, but uh, we definitely found Coke. But now we're gonna do it's emergency chocolate. <laughs> What in the world? What is this for diabetics? Well, no, I know it sounds funny, but like, like my girlfriend, she's. I know, I that, know. Oh well, yeah. They it's say it's just for fun. Emergency. Because it's like if your blood sugar gets real low. Not this, but if your blood sugar gets real low, they say to have a right. sugar tap. No, so I know what you mean. This is I see. Ah ha ha ha! Indications for immediate relief of chocolate cravings, love sickness, love love sickness, love sickness, exam pressure, and extreme hunger. That's funny. Okay. Now, this is another obscure one, but let's see what yeah. we can do here. Okay. I'm scanning. Wow. It found that pretty fast, too. It found it? Ah, no results found. <laughs> Search food by name or rescan UPC. Yeah, we, we don't have normal things in here, so... <laughs> what do you want? I, I'm not blaming you. Oh, I know. Let's stop the podcast. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. I got one, I got something. If I could remember where I put it. Okay. okay. You remember where you put it. What I'm here. in. Oh, there you go. Here we go. All right. Good old-fashioned popcorn. We're not using brandy names on here because we're not getting sued. No, I'm kidding. Here we go. I'm scanning the popcorn. Bear with me as the popcorn becomes scanned. Searching foods. Boom. It pulled it right up. Pop Weaver. Microwave popcorn. Aha. It shows... The full nutrition, the serving size, amount per serving, calories, calories from fat. It's got the, it's really what it is, is it's the nutrition facts box you see on the back of any FDA approved food product. Mm-hmm. It just posts that right there for you and you can just click, I ate this. Okay, when and you then click, what does it show? Well, when you click, I ate this, it comes up with the iPhone interface of how many servings did you eat? And it's great because you can oh. select a whole number and then there's, so there's three different columns, uh-huh. a whole number, fraction number. Uh-huh. And then the final one's the serving. So you can say one and one-third, one and two-thirds, one and three-fourths, and then hit next. And then when, and you click it, you click record food, you can select any date, and it's so it shows your food for today. Let me see. That's cool. So, yeah, there it is. So this is called Food Scanner. I'm going to try this everywhere I can now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Like I said, it's just I thought it was interesting even if you don't have an iPhone because it's just a, a neat technology that I'm sure other people are going to begin I say people, other mobile device makers are going to begin implementing into their smartphones sometime soon because the gateways this opens up for immediate purchasing. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, we're one step away from or a few steps away from me being able to scan something in a store it logging straight into my bank account, taking out the money, and I walk over and just swipe the paid barcode, you know, as I walk out the door or something like that. In other yeah. words, I can buy it in store on my iPhone. Right. 
I know this because I saw um, Starbucks has an app now where you can buy a cup of coffee. Well, you get it for free. No, you can buy a cup oh, of coffee. Oh. Like you just have oh, your. I see. They have a Starbucks card, yeah. and the card is just a gift card. But what it affords you is the right, if you put $5 on it a month, to use their Wi-Fi for free two hours a day. Mm-hmm. You can now transfer that card, the you know the, the essence of the card, to your iPhone so that they just have to scan your iPhone. Huh. So you don't have to carry the card around. So that's really, more or less, you buying something with your iPhone as a device. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. how long before they say, hey, the new Walmart app, preload your Walmart card with 50 Walmart bucks. You know, of course, you'll just yeah. preload the card, and then you walk in and swipey, swipey. That's nice. Yeah, it's kind of it's interesting, kind of nice, kind of scary, because anytime you put more points of contact between me and my bank, I get a little frustrated or upset when things go wrong because mm-hmm. of a glitch or double charges and things like that. But mm, yeah. if you can streamline it, prove that it's safe, and show me that it works, I'm all for it. Yep. So, Have you seen the video for Microsoft's Courier? I have. Um, actually, it's funny because I watched it without sound first because i didn't have speakers hooked up uh-huh. i was on the computer that i use for design um which normally has sound but i actually had to take it off site so i didn't bring my bulky speakers hmm. um so um i saw the video for the courier which is actually uh, microsoft's new tablet um if you don't know what a tablet is it's pretty much just um it's more or less like a notebook like an actual like think of a legal pad but uh, one of the smaller ones that you could fold in half and each side has well, not even a legal pad, like a little journal that you fold in half and each side has a touch screen that you can write on with a stylus. So it's almost like taking two iPhones and hinging them together on a flatter, more book-like screen. That's what this notebook is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just watched it with you a little while ago with sound. Yes. Um, so I have seen the video. What do you think of this? It is a magical device that I lust for. I saw the picture and thought, yeah, right. And so I had preconceived notions going in. Yeah, right about what? I just thought it was going to be a goofy Microsoft product that's hard to use. Uh. So when I saw the video, I was like, like you, salivating to the point of lust. Yes. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is what I want to point out to you. Mm -hmm. That is is sheerly a fabrication of... That is not a user using it. No, I understand that. That is a that isn't even a prototype. That is a concept video. Yeah. I want to see it do that like that, that seamlessly well, yeah. in real life. If it I mean, yeah, if it really does that in real life, then That would be fantastic. I I, I didn't think I'd ever love anything more than my iPhone, but Oh yeah, but I mean I think, think about it. I didn't I have think the I'd love anything to love this more. Well, I didn't think I'd love anything more than my Nintendo. Well, I'm just making the point. Yeah. New technology comes along and it's... That's right. So what I'm saying is that I want to see Microsoft actually do this mm-hmm. for it to not be chock full of errors, <laughs> for it to have a usability, for it to be a, a cost-effective tool that seamlessly integrates with the rest of my life, like my iPhone. Yeah. And I also want to see Apple's version of a tablet. Mm, yeah. Uh, Microsoft is clearly... Trying to make a bid to steal Apple's thunder. Yeah. The Apple tablet has been lauded as the mystery of the future. Like, what is it going to be? How is this going to be? It's going to be so great. And so I think Microsoft is trying to scoop them, as it were. Mm -hmm. Because this isn't a finished product. Yeah. This is a pre-visualized video of what it will be like to use it. I still want it so bad. I know. And I want everyone to be carrying a little electronic book around that everyone's opening and playing with. Now, that's the other thing, too, that I thought was interesting, is that it's very cool, and I like the amount of space you have. Mm-hmm. You actually use the stylus to handwrite. Yeah. That is not the case with anything else these days. Yeah, and it's kind of weird, because I, I was like... Just, that will slow me down. Oh, well, because you don't write that much. Even if I do write, I do write a lot, actually. Oh, okay. I, I handwrite a lot. Oh, okay. Um, when I... When I um, draft ideas for stories or anything like that i like to start a piece of paper mm-hmm. and write down ideas I, I don't like to type them in yeah you know doing that to me is just easier to visualize it on the sheet of paper and i kind of segment things out anyway mm-hmm. if i were writing and taking notes writing or texting or doing whatever if i had to use a pen it would slow me down 
do you think that that is just an option? You have the option maybe to have an on-screen keyboard? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But that would be weird and hard. With a stylus? Yeah. You're, there's no that, way that's that... That's a big screen, though. You'll have big buttons. It, it, like, well, even on the DS with the little screen, I could still type quickly on keyboards on... Yeah, I, the the functionality would have to outweigh the fact that I'm wanting to... Or what if it had a, a voice option where you could just speak to it and it will... Well, then I can't use it in public if I'm w- with a bunch of people and I'm trying to text someone real quick. Well, then you just use a different option. Okay. I'm just saying that the size of the buttons won't make it faster. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, to use my two thumbs... Now, and uh, granted, I'm saying this without having knowledge or use of the device. Because if mm. you told me that the iPhone... That's why I didn't get an iPhone for so long. Because of the touch screen, Yeah. Texting. I didn't trust it. Now I can text fast. Uh-huh. I can write fast. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just think that if there's a way for this device to compensate and, and have its own way of doing things, then I'll try it out. Just like I did the iPhone. Yeah. But I'm worried because Microsoft's execution of things usually isn't as seamless, integrated, and natural as Apple's. Mm-hmm. So I think that Microsoft came in, they were really trying to get this out there first because Apple has yet to unveil anything. Yeah. Notice that they waited until after the Apple Summit, uh-huh. where Apple didn't say that they had their notebook. Yeah. I think Microsoft was like, you know what? Boom, release that video. <laughs> we're going to scoop them. We're going to be the first. We're going to be known as the newsworthy ones. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be buzzing about this video, not the Apple conference. Yeah. So I don't care who makes it. I just want the best version of this device. I agree. And I, I, I do. Whoever's well, making the best one, that's the one I want. I agree. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to split hairs with you, but I do care who makes it because Apple has, with the iPod Touch and the iPhone, has shown me that they have a knack for making things really easy to use and they think of things that i didn't think of to make my life easier yeah if this well, tablet, that's why i'm saying the best version right and that's what i'm saying because that, that may be microsoft it could be out to be the best one and i'm not gonna have a predisposed as best i can i'm not gonna have a predisposed notion as to whose would be better but um it excited me it's yeah. it's it's got a lot of really cool options on it. If that thing has a camera in it, that would look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It would be the size of a small book, and you're taking pictures of it. Mm-hmm. I well, trust me. You're, this is coming from the guy who used to carry around an iPad, the IPAQ from Hewlett Packard. It was one of the is. first Windows-based smartphones. It's about the size of a VCR. Oh, but it has a big old screen on it. But it was one of the first ones to have email. Size um, of a VCR? Did not you say? really. Yeah, I, I was joking. It really is about um, thickness wise. It's. I'll just have to show you because it's like it's big and bulky. It's big and bulky. Yeah. Um, and so I would put the thing up to my ear, and people would look at me like, "What are you doing?" Like, <laughs> but it was great because, like I said, at the time it had the internet. I mean, it was on Edge Network. Uh-huh. But anyway, so. This is coming from that guy. I had an iPad, so trust me when I say that, you know, I am open to whatever and whoever makes the best one. Yeah. Because I had a VCR that I was talking into to my friends taking pictures with the VCR. I would jokingly grab VHS tapes that were laying around and be like, hey, you want to watch a movie? <laughs> so, anyway. So, Tim. Yes. Tell me about the most useless iPhone app that you have. It is useless, but a lot of fun. Yeah. It's called IMT Pain. Oh, I saw that. Ah, uh, yes. It's and, an auto That's exactly why I didn't purchase it. Okay, though. I'm going to tell you about this. <clears throat> but I hear that it is fun. It is a lot of fun. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I guess we'll wrap up the show. And I will, I'm going to sing, I'm going to pause it, I'm going to sing our contact information into the IMT Pain app, and then I'm going to play it back into the mic Okay. for all of our listeners. So, for now, this has been the Multi-Geek Show. I am Tim. I am Jason. And uh, here comes my auto-tune goodness telling you how to contact us. So, thanks for listening this week, uh, and tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Geek Show.
time. It's 2.06. Three oh nine.